Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I have 20 minutes to uh, do a talk today, but I'm going to say one sentence that is my talk. After that, we'll, we'll fill it in. <laughs> but there's one thing that really, really matters, and the voice that speaks to me, and yes, I do hear voices. That didn't turn out too well in my psychological examination for ministerial school, but <laughs> the voice that speaks to me said, say this, that's all you need to say, and here it is. The best gift that you can give anybody in your life the best present, the best honor that you can give anybody in your life is your own emotional well-being. We're done. Music. Talk's over. Time for music. The best gift you can give anyone in your life is your own emotional well-being because all of your relationships start and end with you. And your state on, of mind dictates how you will perceive your relationships. You cannot, cannot have peace at home if there is no peace within you. You cannot have peace at church, at work, in, in, in our communities, if there is no peace within you. So in our spiritual growth, in our spiritual evolution, it's really important that we work on ourselves first. Uh, years ago, I studied the great teachings of Marshall Rosenberg and his uh, his um, work titled Nonviolent Communication. And he said one thing that, that at first rubbed me a little bit. He said, me first and foremost. And I thought, wait a second, that's kind of selfish. <laughs> no, after years of study, I get it. Me first and foremost. Because unless I am well, nothing else in my life will be well. We have to stop blaming other people for our lack of happiness and our lack of peace. Yeah, people have certain behaviors that you may not like, but in the end, your status in that relationship depends to you and you only. And moreover, the best thing you can do to improve any relationship, home, work, uh, church, uh, civics, is to work on your emotional well-being first. I'm going to ask you a question, and to some of you that question might sound familiar. Are you ready to be made well? Are you ready, willing to be made well? And of course, that line comes from a story in uh, the Christian scriptures, the uh, gospel according to John in chapter five. 
There is a story that there's a pool out somewhere in, uh, in Israel, and uh, every once in a while, the waters become stirred. And if you make it to the pool, if you were sick, and you make it to the pool while the water is stirring, you will be healed. Voila. And there's this uh, handicapped ma man here. The, the Bible says invalid, but, you know, handicapped man sitting there on a mat. And uh, Jesus, the Christ, comes and says to him, uh, aren't you going to go to the water and get healed? And he said, I've been sitting here for 38 years. Does that sound familiar? And everybody tramples in front of me, and I cannot make it to the pool before the water stops stirring. So I'm still here. And Jesus, in that Jesus kind of way of doing things, says, pick up your mat and walk. Actually, he first said, are you ready to be made well? And the man said, yeah. And he said, pick up your mat and walk. Are you ready to be made well in your relationships? Yes or no? That was a question. Yes. 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 Two people said, yeah, 95 abstained. <laughs> Are you ready to be made well? Yes. Yes. Okay. Until I cannot hear Sherry shouting anymore, then we're not loud enough. I mean that well. Um, because it all begins with us. And we are the ones that need to make up our minds to do our emotional work. And when we are made well, then our relationships will be made well. The best gift you can give anybody in your life is your own emotional well-being. Yes? Yeah. Now, I get it. Sometimes there are people in our lives that can be real jerks. Get it? Been there, done that. However, some time ago, I stopped forgiving people. <laughs> Love always. Forgive everything. Remember who you are. Yes, but I stopped forgiving people. Rather, I started a practice of understanding. Because I found out in my spiritual practice that when I understood the reason why people in my life were behaving the way they were, most of the time I did not have to forgive anything. It's really, really important that we have a practice of understanding. Because to me, forgiveness can turn into kind of a get out of jail free card. And I got tired of giving away get-out-of-jail-free cards. So I had to find another solution, and my solution was to work on understanding. My practice of forgiveness has been replaced with a practice of understanding. Why are people doing what they are doing? I believe that when you get to the bottom of the reason for the behaviors of people in your life, there will be very little left to forgive. In fact, each one of us, without exception, each one of us is 24-7 in the pursuit of the fulfillment of our needs. 
Everything you do, you are doing because you have a need that needs to be met. And so is everybody else. So when people are being real jerks in your life, to you it feels like they're being real jerks. But to them, they're only doing what they need to do to fulfill a need that has gone unmet. So another tool that I have learned to use in, in not forgiving people anymore, but rather understanding people's behavior is, when anybody's misbehaving in my life, once I can recover from that initial reaction that we all have, I look at them in the eye and I say, what can I do for you? Most of the time, ill behaviors are ways, sideways, of fulfilling our unmet needs. And we just don't know how to say it. We don't know how to say, this is what I need. So if somebody's having difficulty telling me, this is what I need, I help them. Hey, how can I help you? And a lot of the times that has diffused discord in the relationships in my life. So replace your practice of forgiveness with a practice of understanding. And learn how to get to the bottom of the reason for the behavior in the, of the people in your life. Yes? Uh, Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, had a great thing to say about forgiveness. And let's see that right there. It is through forgiveness that true spiritual healing is accomplished. Forgiveness removes the errors of the mind and body harmony results in consonance with divine law. That's in the Revealing Word, which is a dictionary of metaphysical terms compiled by Charles Fillmore. When I read that, I hear that forgiveness is healing. So I believe that we will find healing in our practice of forgiveness. Or better yet, we will find healing in our practice of understanding. Because when we understand what's going on and the discord comes down, that is a way to find healing within ourselves. Have a practice of understanding that becomes a practice of healing. You will be amazed, even though the book said and you read it, but you don't quite believe it, I know you don't, you will be amazed how much emotional well-being will heal the cells in your body. You will be amazed how much feeling well inside emotionally leads to being well inside physiologically. And so forgiveness is healing. And instead of forgiving, work on understanding the reasons for what's going on. Now, I know you might be what you might be thinking. William, we are at a church. Oops, sorry, spiritual center. 
William, we are the spiritual center, and you haven't said one word about God. You will find God within your spiritual well-being. You will find God within your emotional well-being. Every faith tradition of the world says that. Now, when you're not feeling well, I get it. Somebody passed away that you love or you are dealing with a physiological illness. I get it. You know, this life has inconveniences. However, I also believe that your emotional well-being will be a great ingredient towards the healing of your life. So, um, I'm taking this music theory course in preparation for a a goal that I will achieve sometime in the future. And I'm studying about, you know, dominant seventh chords and diatonic triads and Roman numeral analysis. And, you know, I dig that stuff because I like technical things. But I'm reading all this stuff and I'm going, wait a second, wait a second. What makes music be music is that it feels good. Like, I feel good. No, 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 no. I knew that I would. Sorry. (laughs) Got possessed there by a minute by James Brown. Um, But really, seriously, I'm studying this, this course, and I'm thinking, this is all nice and dandy, but what? What makes music be music is how it feels. When we go buy an album, well, when we used to buy albums, now we are streaming junkies, but if you, if you stream a song or you, or you buy an album, you don't buy it because it's got dominant seventh chords that go on to ninth chords. You buy it because it feels good. The same is true about our spirituality. We should read the books, We should come to service. We should take the classes, including my class that starts Saturday. I hope to see you there. (laughs) We should do all of that. But in the end, your spiritual goal is to have that well-being inside of you. Spirituality, the techniques are good, but the, the real spirituality is that it feels good like good music, it feels good. So back to my statement earlier that the best gift that you can give anybody in your life is your own emotional well-being, I'm gonna take that a step further. The best gift you can give yourself is your own emotional well-being. And the quest for your own emotional well-being is a healing practice. Because that is where healing is, and that is where God is. Within yourself, in your own emotional well-being. Yes? Okay. So, 
three topics I covered today. Number one, the best gift you can give anyone in your life is your own emotional well-being. Number two, I invite you to replace your practice of forgiveness with a practice of understanding. Find out why people are behaving the way they do. And finally, you will find God within yourself. And the more well, that's good grammar, the more well you are within, the closer you will be to feeling that presence of God. So now it's time for homework. I'm a teacher, I give homework. However, I'm going to ask you, and this will be on the recording that I did ask you. <laughs> I'm going to ask you before you raise an eyebrow at me, hear me out, okay? Your homework this week is to go home and make love. Your homework this week is to go home and make love, whatever that looks like to you. Whether that is sex or emotional intimacy or just an activity that brings you joy, to me, to make love means to cultivate the feeling of love within myself. I'm going to say that again. To make love is to cultivate the feeling of love within yourself. So go home this week and do lots of things, whatever that is for you, that cultivate the feeling of love within yourself. And as you will feel well, and as you will feel better and better and better, you will have an easier and easier time sharing that feeling of goodness with the people in your life. And you'll be amazed how much things stop bothering you because you'll understand what's going on. The best gift you can give to anyone in your life is your own emotional well-being. And I, Reverend William Gill, in front of you, pledge to continue to do my work so that I will be better and better emotionally within, and I will share my well-being with you as well. I bless you. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.